Welcome to Nation of Storytellers. This time we have Reg in to tell us a few stories. I've described Reg as a dancer in the title of the episode, and you'll hear about his ballroom dancing. But I could have easily named it after his teaching, his poetry, his art, or his effortless command of the Irish language. Mostly though, Reg is amongst the sweetest of men you could ever hope to meet. Believe it or not, I was christened Christopher Reg Cook. And there's a little story behind that. My mother was in the Rotunda, and that time you had to be baptised very early, you know. So my Aunt May, my dad's sister, took me to be baptised. And my mother gave it a piece of paper, whatever it was, and on it was Reginald Christopher Cook. But my aunt made a mistake, and my mother never forgave her for it. Uh, She gave them Christopher Reginald Cook. Now, my great-grandfather was Christopher, so it was a family name. So I was born in September 1930. And uh, for the first uh, three years of my life in Marino, and then uh, Dad got a house up in Hazel Road, Danny Carney. And uh, when I was about five years of age, I went to uh, the girls' school up on Griffith Avenue. So you did three years there. They took you. Uh, in maybe at five years of age, up to till you were seven or eight. And then you went up, what we call it, the big school. You went up to the brothers, you know. They took charge. But it was the, the boys and girls were together in the junior school. And that's the way it was run. And the, the Sisters of Charity, who had a convent facing the school, the two schools, by the way, and the church were built in 1928 or thereabouts. So you went up to Marino School then. And uh, then you started off with the Irish, and we didn't know any Irish at the time. There was very little Irish at home. So having said that, there was an awful lot of Irish words that were used up in Danny Carney. And my grandmother in Marino, my mom hadn't any, but my grandmother, uh, she had quite a lot of uh, words in Irish, you know. Uh, she used to use, um, oh, he's only an old fooster. She's a bit of a known chuck, that one. A bit of a nominal on that fella. And she used to use all these words. And I was taking all these in. Now, I wouldn't hear those at home because uh, Mam wouldn't have known them, you know. And uh, oh, another one she used to say is, oh, you think that crowd at Lawn you while you? You see? And I was trying to figure this out. So when I learned a bit of Irish, I discovered, Nana says, you know that's Irish. And uh, he said, no. And I said, what do you mean by lawn the walla? I said, that should be lawn the walla, the full of your bag. Oh, oh. Well, she says, I think that came after the famine. She says, if you had a few potatoes in your bag, you'd live a, a couple of days with the few potatoes you had in the bag, you know. So up at Donny Carney, everything was delivered to the door at that time. The baker would come around and he'd have a big high car with the fresh bread in it. So he'd call that round every morning and then we had the milkman and he'd come along with his horse and cart and he'd have two big churns at the back and he'd have, a, it was a tap on the back and you would, when he come to your house, your mum would send you out with the can to get a pint or a quart of milk, you know, and she'd always say to you, don't forget the tilly. And that was very common in Dub, don't forget the tilly. That was tiller, a little extra, but that was an Irish word as well we used, tiller. And uh, and she says, don't forget the drop of the cat. And I said, Mama, we're we getting the cat. Go on. She said, you know what I mean? Tilla. So, you know, 
So, a bit of a joke. So, yeah, everything was scarce during the war. Uh, work was scarce as well because uh, most of the men had to go over to England to work and because you couldn't get materials. Uh, buildings practically closed down. They couldn't get materials for building work and stuff like that, you know. Everything was scarce. You could not get tea. Everybody got two ounces of tea per week, right? There was no petrol. There were no cars on the road. Uh, well, nobody had money for cars that time anyway. If you had a bicycle, you were somebody, you know, of note. And uh, when you went to work, a bicycle was bought for you, you know, and you cycled everywhere. I used to cycle out to Rat Farm to do eight hours, eight hours work and a cycle back again, probably with my dad and my brother. And uh, you, you couldn't get uh, petrol for any money. Everything was rationed. The gas even on the cooker, uh, you got maybe two hours a day. And they had special people employed, inspectors, the gas company, to go around and see where you're using the gas when you shouldn't have been using it, you know. And he was called the Glimmer Man, right, because it was on the Glimmer. So if you were caught a couple of times, they would cut off your gas. So you had nothing at all, you know. The coal was, the gas was made from coal and they couldn't get the coal during the war. And uh, the government uh, opened up the bogs and they built villages down in the mostly County Offaly and up in the Dublin mountains. The Dublin people that were, they were able to do it on a bicycle would go up the Dublin mountains and uh, cut turf up there. And uh, But the government turf was all stacked on the main road in the Phoenix Park, about 20 feet high, stacked. And it was soaking wet. And it, it, you could put it in the fire, right? But uh, try and light a fire with it. But uh, it was useless. It gave out no heat. Very poor. So we were lucky up there uh, in Donny Carney. The brothers had the woods there, which is all built on now. And we used to go down to the woods and we would collect sticks, right? And my mother used to be delighted with the sticks when you bring them home. You couldn't get chimney, you couldn't get any, you couldn't buy fuel. If you you had a thousand pounds, there was no coal to be bought. Just that was the way things were, you know. So we we struggled through the war anyway, and uh, but it took years. To, all the food was rationed. Now we were better off than than Britain in that because. We used to grow most of our own food, but the bread, most of the wheat was imported from the United States and Canada, and uh, they had to use Irish wheat, which wasn't the best because it, it was sort of the, contained a lot of moisture from the, the rain and that we used to get. So it was called brown bread or, because it was, that's the way it turned out. You couldn't get white bread. and. Uh, we had to wait till after the war till we got white bread. But bananas or oranges, no, we never seen them for the whole war. They just disappeared off the shelves and uh, mostly it was just apples that they get or anything that we grow here ourselves. The brothers had a great supply up there that we made use of, you know, for our mothers. And uh, mothers used to be delighted with the apples when we bring them home. My grandparents lived in Marino and Dad had moved up to Hazel Road, Dudley Carney, got a house up there. So 
we were uh, in bed this night and uh, we heard uh, oh, a terrible noise, big bang. And Dad said, that's too loud, he says, for thunder. So I wonder what it was. So uh, Dad said, uh, well, I, I'll try the radio. There was no television at that time. This was about 1942. Sorry, 1941. Dad switched on the radio. And because the radio had closed down at 12, but they brought out a special edition for what was after happening in the North Strand. So Dad said, oh, there's has been terrible bombing in the North Strand. Anyway, so I think it was on the Saturday morning, I came down. There was no buses, all the buses, the roads were blocked on the North Strand. So I came down to have a look on my own because I knew the area well. I used to come down every Saturday morning to the Chalbermal Library to get some books. I had the children's library there. It was the nearest library to us. So I was looking at the, the big heaps of rubble and uh, the roofs blown off the houses. Everything shattered, you know. And there were people buried alive under the, the, under the rubble. And uh, they were coming up. The Germans were coming up. The Luftwaffe were coming up. They used to come up the east coast of Ireland and when they got around to Dublin, they turn and head towards Liverpool or Birmingham. Or another time in April of that year, they had gone up to Belfast and they bombed Belfast, which uh, and our fur brigade went up to help them out up in Belfast. They went by anyway and the searchlights were ready waiting for them. And there was a searchlight at Clontarf that I know of. Uh, there was one in the Phoenix Park and they had them spread over the city, these searchlights. And they did have anti-aircraft guns, but I don't think they had much am- ammunition for them. So anyway, when they heard the planes coming over the city, up went the flashlights. So one of the planes turned around and set a heading off towards Liverpool or uh, Manchester, one of those cities. Uh, he came, circled around and came back and he dropped the bomb. And that blew everything apart. Now, there were a lot of shops there. People were buried alive in, in, the, in the bombing. And uh, oh, it, it was really awful. Now, the place was levelled, really, you know. Now, they had dropped another one, smaller bombs up the North Circle Road, another one up there in Summer Hill. But uh, it didn't do much damage. But the one in... Uh, North Strand did a lot of damage. From the, the five lamps up to uh, Newcomen Bridge was completely levelled, right? So they have a little garden of remembrance there for it now. Now, the Germans would not admit that they bombed it. They were trying to blame it on the RAF. But there were parts of the one of the planes that a bit fell off, believe it or not, with German written on it, and they knew they were the Germans anyway, they knew. Used to go down to the Charble, or down to the Carlton Hall Marino, when it was about seven days, used to run dancers down there, and uh, I said, I have to go and learn to dance. So I went over to Frank Whelan's School of Dancing in South King Street, and uh, he taught me the basics over there. So I, uh, one night, I am in the Olympic ballroom and I had changed from, from Frank Wheel. I went over to Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, School of Dancing. He had the biggest studio in town, a lovely big studio. And uh, 
I was taught to dance there, you know. So he was setting up a competition class. So I went to the Olympic Ballroom one night and uh, I saw this lady dancing around and uh, I took her up to dance. I said, do you, you were able to do all the steps. Fishtail was all in the, the, the variation we learned. You see? She was able to do it. Oh, yes. Yeah, I go to Jim Barton School of Dancing over in uh, Newcomen Place. So I said, uh, after a good few dances, I said, would you be interested in coming over to, to Butler's? I said, uh, join a competition class. Oh, she, I, I love that. Now, unknowns to me, she was an All-Ireland Irish dancing champion. She had been dancing from the age of five. So she came over with me and we started doing the competitions then. And eventually we graduated on the Dublin team. And uh, there were five couples on the team. And we did uh, slow waltz, quick step, foxtrot, tango and Viennese waltz. And we used to go down to Mosley, the worst floor in Ireland to dance on. It was solid. It made them blocks, you know, wooden blocks. Now, after about an hour and a half in that, and if you got into the final round, you would have done about 30 dances. And you'd have to come in off the floor and somebody would have to massage the back, the calf of your legs. It would just go solid on you, you know. So anyway, it came along then, and uh, after dancing in Belfast and Edinburgh and all over Blackpool, the Tower Ball and Blackpool we danced in, and the Winter Gardens, um, they started up a program on television air called Shall We Dance? And uh, we were selected to go on that. Now, we run that every Thursday. And uh, I didn't like it at all because it, it was very small. The floor was made of rubber, believe it or not, we were trying to dance on. They varnished it so we could slip over it. And you'd have it. A practice in your ordinary clothes and then they were timeless all the time and then you have your tails on to be a, a trial in your dress and Josie my wife would have her even to, which she made herself by the way that's what she walked at she was a tailoress and uh, then you were on anyway I got up my tails and I did the trial one and they were timing it got out on the floor couldn't take anything I went a complete blank when I went out, you know. And Joe said, what's wrong? I told him, I said, I can't take up any, any of the variated steps. So I came back in and uh, Butler was there. J.C. Butler was there. And he says, what happened to you? I said, Jimmy, I said, I went blank. <laughs> You're not the only one. He said, oh, Brian, it's after the same thing happened to O'Brien and uh, Richie Timmons. That they were the champion dancers. Right. If there was a big competition on, they would get first and second. All you could hope for to get would be toured, maybe, you know. You'd get toured. Or Paddy Flaherty might slip in on front of you there. But if you got in the last six, you're considered very good, you know. And we used to get in the last six quite a lot. And uh, anyway, he says, that's after they all went blank. It was just, and he said, right, oh, you're on. Bang. <laughs> completely. It was just stage fright. Every stage fright. That's what happened to us. Nearly all happened to a lot of us. So anyway, I went on and I was okay. And every Thursday then we were on that for the whole show. So we decided then, 1956, we get married. And uh, we were married in August. 
the first of August, 1956. And uh, we went down to Cork on our honeymoon down there, you know. My wife now uh, had a dancing brain, really. Now, all the timing was drummed into from the Irish dancing. She was an All-Ireland champion Irish dancer. Now, I didn't know that at the time, you see. I was about 17 and I was very cocky. I was going to school at dancing. I, I thought it was the bee's knees, you know. I found out later I knew nothing at all about it, you know. But she had all the timing. The teachers would teach a new variation, maybe in the tango or the quick step, and she would pick it up just like that in a second. I would have to be shown it about three or four times before I get it. Now, when I would get it, I would retain it, you know. But she was really great at that, you know. And she keep you in time, as the saying goes. And uh, you had to practice about three times a week for the ballroom dancing to keep up with the rest of the crowd, you know. So we kept it up for a year or two, and then uh, Deirdre came along. I have three daughters, Grania, uh, Siobhan is the youngest. And uh, so we did all that. So we had to give up then the ballroom dancing, and that was the end of it, you know. So we used to go down to Mosley then an odd weekend, and then, uh, unfortunately, make a long story short, uh, Josie started complaining. She got the shingles first, and uh, she started complaining, and then, she got lymphoma, cancer of the lymph glands, and she lasted for about two years. So she died in 54. We had great times at the dancing, really, you know. At the end of the episode, you can hear the poem that Reg wrote in Irish for his late wife, Josephine. Even if you don't understand the language, I recommend that you stick around for it. If you like the podcast, please subscribe and spread the word. If you'd like to take part or if you have any feedback, you can email contact at nationofstorytellers.ie or find the podcast on Facebook or Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. See you next time and may the holes in your net always be smaller than the fish. On Dowser Ball Shomla, the Reinald Cook come. Slownig on Ashleen Hart. A cown in Arda, Dowser Valshomra, Ilta, Untak, Olasak. Got came is Luol, Toastic of Cream, a tuned on Kyo, Fifact. O Kulpan Urlar Maple, Stanis La Haltak, it intus. Full Father Dove, Isar Arling, Tarantok, Malakok. Winke Gliskanok, is Fanya Clusa, Makasul. Guna Gurub Glote, the Brogasala, Arda Aragadul. Crook on Kyol, Iram Sus, Southern Male Shonig. A Maklum Lemma Ashling Gal, Gun Willa Nakhame Mu. Meter Rain Fane's Rear is Fane Gasa, also Saul. Is Dulas Kinche, Son Omiokt, Snack Mortishi. Kinnit Jarifer, Frastel Erang. Con Ilion is fearful to clock the Ladul. Dishirain Inton, Fay Cuspor is Ulvin. Bua Avur, a Fudnatira is again. Mosni, Blackpool is in Clar, shall we dance RTE. Post la Clown Skivot, Untuk in Yenaka. Morris, all the cock, Nils the Sail Show, Akshal Naboon. 
is broctog warafog adalog and near the duig. Er shirk or crean, Josephine. Elan the kyol, bio bahak tra, anish log found dera ray. Aguna bal shomra fen clued, savados as usad. A sala arda aragadul, gambuga seclued in ali. An kyol treke ma irokt, adman landa kibni keen, sonasok. Rob Boone, Cherie.